We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, everybody? I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And we're here for another edition of The Breakdown here on KC Sports Network. Matt, how's it going today? You know what? Everything's good. I played in a softball game last night, though, Hamilton, and everything was going well until I hit a ground ball in the infield. I'm running down to first. Next thing I know, pull my quad muscle. What are the oh, chances no. of that happening? I've never pulled a muscle in my life. All the sports I played, but you know, the year I turned 40, it's the first year I have a pulled quad. Go figure. Softball. Dude, slow pitch. Dude, dude, I'm telling you, we didn't have uh, our backup quarterback wasn't at practice today, so uh, while we were doing inside run with the starter, I took the receivers down and DBs and was throwing one-on-ones, and my shoulder is an absolute disaster today. I was slinging it, though. <laughs> slinging it, baby. That's <laughs> As long as it was spinning and you feel good about it, you can deal with the soreness, right? That's oh, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so let's get into it, though. The Chiefs' disappointing loss on Sunday, a game they really had a lot of opportunities to win over the Buffalo Bills. I'm sure we're going to see a recurrence of this matchup in the playoffs, as we do seemingly every year now. Um, But let's dig into that game a little bit. Obviously, you know, we saw the Chiefs have a couple chances there at the end of the game to put it away, couldn't get it done, and then Josh Allen drives the Bills down for the game-winning score. What stood out to you most about that Chiefs loss? Yeah, it was interesting. It was a back-and-forth game, and one of the things that really stood out to me defensively is I thought they did a tremendous job against the run and against Josh Allen for most of the day, but it was those one-on-one opportunities that they hit to Gabriel Davis and then also Stephon Diggs on the go routes with Williams in there in replacement, and so it, it was they had one-on-one opportunities. They knew that they were going to take their shots, but they weren't able to defend on those plays. And those were really the difference makers. And then, like you said, offensively, I thought Mahomes had a good day, but there was the red zone interception when there's you're down low red, third and 10. I know he's trying to make a play in which he does a fabulous job with that all the time. You know, he's a walking highlight reel. It was just one of those situations where they came out on the opposite end of that. And it would turn out, it was a turnover, didn't result in any points. And then, like you said, I, I think it was, it was the 
six minutes or just over six minutes left. It's third and 10 opportunity. And I know our third and six opportunity. And if you can get that first down and extend that drive, keep Josh Allen off the field. I think you put yourself in a much better position to win the game because at that point it's 2017. But then as a result, they have to punt. They put the ball back in Josh Allen's hands and he's Josh Allen. So he goes right down the field and they score the game winning touchdown. So it was, it was a game that I know that there's a lot of things that they'd want to clean up. There's a lot of things that have missed opportunities, but they're not far off. And it'll be interesting to see when these two teams meet up down the road, because I have to believe they will once again in the playoffs. Yeah. And we'll dig into some of those key plays in a little bit here, but the other thing that really jumped out at me was the difference. And we talked about this leading up to the game is the difference Von Miller makes in that Bills mm. defense, his ability to generate pressure, his ability to free up some of the other guys on that line to get pressure. And I also, the Bills ability to mix up their coverages, because we saw the Raiders play a lot of man on Monday night against the Chiefs and they had success early and the Chiefs figured it out. We saw the Bills go to a lot of man too but you didn't know when it was coming. That was the difference between what they did and what the Raiders did. So it was hard for the Chiefs to make those adjustments the same way. And we saw it on that uh, on some of those key plays. The Bills actually went with man. And I think that's right. where you see the loss of Tyreek Hill rearing its head because I don't think teams would dare to play man when you have his type of speed on the field. And I think that's why we're seeing some of that speculation now with the restructuring of Travis Kelsey's contract to free up some money that maybe they bring in an Odell. So what do you think about the possibility of the Chiefs going after an Odell Beckham? Do you think it's necessary? Do you think he helps this offense? Or do you think some of those problems are still going to exist whether they have Odell or not? I would love that move. I mean, to bring in Odell, who's a difference maker, right? He He's not only just a route runner, but the way in which he creates separation. And of course, the evaluation of how he comes back from that ACL is always really important because you never know. But I have to believe that if he comes back and if he's even close to being 100% of what he was last year, you saw the difference that he made for the LA Rams last year down the stretch in particular. And also, it's another weapon. And when you get one-on-one -on -one opportunities, a lot of times you're going to your best matchup. And if there's a guy that can blow the top off of coverage and you saw it on the opposite side right on the opposite offense with Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis beating that one-on-one -on -one coverage over the top Stefan Diggs beating the one-on-one -on -one coverage over the top it's just a difference maker it makes the defense think of something else and when you talk about Sean McDermott he's one of the more challenging defensive coordinators you go up against he he's so multiple in terms of his scheme and the different diverse looks that he gives you pre-snap but it rotates as something post-snap so you have to really be on your game and also when you're seeing that it's a lot harder to digest and, and I'll also just understand what's going on when you're feeling that rush consistently and you say said that about Von Miller in particular but I mean he had seven pressures in that game he had three sacks for whoever's playing quarterback I don't care how tough or how veteran you are uh, it, you start to feel the presence of that you start to become a little bit rushed you start to see things that maybe you you wouldn't normally see and so that is an, an another element of this defense that you didn't see last year that now they've got going this year. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I agree with you on the Odell stuff, too. While, you know, we say Chiefs problems, it's relative. This is still a great offense. You know, still right. might be the best offense oh, yeah. in the league. But you right. make that type of a move for a game like this and for that rematch because one player in one big moment could end up swinging this game one way or the other. Uh, that's how close both of these teams are. That's how close all of the games between these two teams are going to be. 
So I think you have to look into it and I'm interested to see if there is any movement on that in the coming days. But uh, let's, let's go into that film and let's, let's show, let's show our viewers what we're talking about here. Um, First, we have that red zone interception that you mentioned. Walk us through this play. All right. So it's third and 10, right? And so you're down a low red ball right here. You're in a three by O um, with a bunch set down here. When I say three by O, it's just Travis Kelsey up top by himself. And then down here, you got the three wide receivers in a bunch set. And when you look at the actual route pattern itself, right, you've got the corner route with a spot by Jarek McKinnon sitting down. And really it's for just this reason. If the cornerback gives depth and those guys get depth, because normally they're playing near closer to the goal line, understanding you've got to get the ball in the end zone on third and 10. If not, they'd love you to throw underneath, rally up, make the tackle. And then the opposite side, it's really what we call a return route. It's an in cut in behind it by Juju Smith-Schuster. You got the spot route on the outside receiver and then you've got the bubble as the check down now when you look at the defensive structure it's true to tampa so they're they're playing to tampa they're going to be up pressed on the outside trying to reroute those wide receivers the and then the the um, safeties excuse me are playing the deep halves but they're going to be told to jump and these windows really close down here in the red zone so as it starts to play right you got travis kelsey running the cornerback i mean the corner into the back of the end zone. And that gets the attention of not only the cornerback, you see the depth, but the safety come over the top. So really it becomes a two-on-one. There's no opportunity. But if you're working that side as a quarterback, you're really told, hey, look, if they all get depth, give the ball to Jarek McKinnon right now. And that's the one thing that I, I believe that Patrick Mahomes maybe overthought this play a little bit because there's plenty of space. Maybe Jarek catches it, breaks a tackle, gets into the end zone, but that's where the ball should go if you're working that side because it's too it's, it takes too long to get back to the opposite side. But in this case, I think because he thinks it's third and 10, he's got to get the ball in the end zone. Now he scrambles out, and he's going to go make a play. And we've seen it time and time again. You go a few weeks ago against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's very similar play in terms of scrambling, improvising, making a play. And in this case, he sees – he sees him in the back of the end zone, and once again, he's trying to give him an opportunity, and unfortunately, he gets out-competed for the ball right there, and the defense comes down with it, and it's a big turnover because it results in no points rather than at least taking three. Yeah, and it's it's always the tricky thing with Mahomes because he's so good when he freelances on these plays. You don't want to take that out of his game, and you see right. it gets into <laughs> Valdez Scantling's hands. It's in both of his hands, and the Bills are able to just rip it away, as you said, get out-competed. Um, but I think it's just him having that feel for when it's time to take that shot. Like we saw the Bucks play where there was an opening in the back of the end zone. He was able to get the ball there. Here you have two defenders back there. You have to – I think he just has to feel out when to, when to live for another play, when to walk away, take the three points, get those points on the board. Because as we talked about, these games are always going to be close between these two teams. Those three points are – more often than not going to be the difference between winning and losing these types of games. Yeah. And you've got, they always talk about it. Coaches talk about it often is you got to be stingy with the ball, particularly in these type of games and especially early in the game, right? When you can get maybe a little momentum, you take the three points. I know you want seven, but at the end of the day, you take the lead early. And at the end of the game, those points start to add up. So right here, I just thought, throw the ball to Jarek McKinnon, get out of Dodge, and see if he can break a tackle, maybe get in. If not, you kick a field goal, take an early lead. And unfortunately, it was a missed opportunity. It was, but it wasn't all bad for the Chiefs' offense. And I think there was a big development that we saw in this game, some trust developing between Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster. This was Juju's breakout game. 
and it kind of got lost in everything that happened afterwards. But this was a phenomenal play here. Walk us through what you saw. Phenomenal play. It really was. And you've got a three by one set here. Now, the, as you talked about just a little bit earlier, the defense for the Buffalo Bills, they're trying to give some disguise here, right? They're trying to show rotation weak, more like a post safety. But then all of a sudden at the snap, it rotates to cover two. When you look at the route pattern up top, out, out, the furthest most up top, you've got the under route. Then you've got the corner. You're really kind of trying to create that high low. Uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling is going to run that route down the middle of the field and try to blow the top off the coverage with that Mike linebacker. If you have an opportunity, we've seen him throw this before. But again, I think the Mike linebacker does a really good job of kind of staying on top. And then you got the end cut with the flare. So if you're working the end cut and the flare, you got to stay on that side. It's really hard to come back to the front side. If you're working the front side here versus cover two, I'd say you're working the corner route to the under route based on the depth and width of that corner up top. So as the play starts, as the play starts right here, you're seeing Mahomes. He wants to go down here to this in cut to McCole Hardman. Now it doesn't look look very open. He doesn't like it, and then he gets flushed to his right. So now he's moving to his right. He's doing what he does really well, and he's creating space. He's got great elite mobility, and then all of a sudden his vision is just outstanding in these situations. And Juju stays alive. He's able to deliver the ball to him in space, and then Juju does the rest. He breaks three tackles, scampers on for a huge touchdown in that situation. But, the, I mean, the one part about this play that always is incredible and it's hard to detail it is, I mean, he had the ball for seven seconds. He's running around for seven seconds. That's a hard cover for any defense because these guys are zone droppers too. At some point, you could try to match guys and get on them and get sticky, but they're not able to do that. And that's the most incredible part of Patrick Mahomes' game is his vision when he gets outside the pocket and able to create when things aren't there and it looks a little muddy at first. Yeah, and I think Juju's the one guy in this receiving core that can make those special types of plays with regularity. And we saw him do it in Pittsburgh for years. I think they're still building that chemistry together. And hopefully for the Chiefs, this is a, a step in that right direction as far as building that trust, building that chemistry. And we're going to see a lot more of this. Right. It's just a great, great play by Juju after he gets the ball in his hands. But it's more impressive, I think, just the fact that Mahomes is working left. He scrambles to his right. All of a sudden, he stops his feet, gives a little something here to stop the momentum of the defensive lineman, and then still has the capacity to look back, find Juju in an open space, deliver the ball in which he can go make a play. Yeah, no, it's and this is why you don't want to take the freelancing. You don't want to make him second guess his his freelancing. Because right, exactly. More often than not, Mahomes is going to do special things like this. Um, so yeah, so want to highlight the positives here. Even in a loss, there are good things to take away from it. But we do have to get back one of the biggest plays of the game. You mentioned it before. The third and six. Chiefs are up by three here. With six mm. minutes to go, they have a chance to put away this game, make it a two-score game before Josh Allen touches the ball again. You see it right there. Um, big opportunity for the Chiefs, and it doesn't end up working out. What jumped out about this play for you? It's a huge opportunity here, and you know it's man-to-man. -man. You just look at the posture of the cornerbacks down here, the nickelback. They're all press man, and then as soon as Sky Moore goes up uh, and motions across – 
the corner follows him once again another man indicator and so here it's it's a matter of whether it's going to be two man or it's going to be some kind of one robber and when you actually watch at the snap of the ball that weak side safety comes down and now he becomes like a robber right so it, it is truly one robber he's looking for work looking to get involved and then as you play play the actual route itself here and you see it sky Moore is going to go try to i think run a deep bow route up here you've got kelsey running the shallow and then you've got two in cuts down here on the bottom now when you actually watch the play and you see it from the this point of view from patrick mahomes i mean there is nothing open there's no separation there there's the defense is on top of them. Where do you want him to go with the ball? And this is the difficult part is he's sitting there trying to let this thing develop, maybe looking downfield to see if Sky Moore can come out of this thing at the top and get it at the sideline. But at the end of the day, you only have so much time. And when you talked about Von Miller, well, here's the great example of him showing up in a big time moment. And Wiley had a really difficult time with him all game long. But this was a particular one where he uses speed, goes around the edge, and is a huge sack and a critical part of the game to stop the momentum of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because if they pick this up, once again, you keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hand and you sustain a drive, which is a big momentum changer. And, yeah, you see the ability to mix in bad man coverage just make Mahomes hold the ball for a little bit longer as, as these receivers that issue separating. And, and the difference that having a Von Miller makes in this rivalry, it's just um, – you know, really reared its head in some big moments in these games. And, and you know, we saw the interception later on in the game, obviously, that ended it, that sealed the deal for the Bills, and Von Miller generated pressure on that one as well. But this was the moment to me uh, that really turned the tides of this game. And, um, and, yeah, I think if you look at the offensive line as a whole, if there's one, you know, as much as they've improved over the last couple of years, I do think that right tackle spot is one area where you can get after them. And the Bills did a great job exploiting that on Sunday. Yeah, and the other part about it is it's just good coaching by the Buffalo Bills because they saw a mismatch. And Von Miller can line up anywhere. He can line up on the left side. He can line up on the right side. But they wanted to expose that weakness. And they felt like, hey, if we line him up here, we're going to get more advantage with Von Miller going up against Wiley this week. And so they, you saw him often lined up on the right side, especially in those pass rush situations, to try to get that mismatch. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, I don't think this is the last time we're seeing this matchup this year. No way. History is still anything. And if we've seen the way that both of these teams have looked this season, I think they're clearly the two best teams in the AFC. Uh, so I look forward to that one when it happens, whether it's the divisional round or the AFC championship game. It's going to be a great one, as it always is. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of our sponsors here, and that is Liquid Death. Look, you might be in a meeting. You might be at work. You might be sitting at your desk, and you might see one of your coworkers start to crack open a 9 a.m., crack open a tall boy. You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? I love company culture, but I don't know if that's really a part of it. Then you look over, you start to look a little bit more closely. It's wide. It's got a gold little rim. That's not that's not beer. It's actually a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. And if you guys have been listening to KC Sports Network, you know why is it called Liquid Death? Because it brutally murders your thirst. That is right. It will quench that sucker. And not only is it brutally murdering your thirst, it is brutally murdering plastic pollution. They're infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, they're incredible. They recycle them and they, they can use those over and over. 
unlike plastic bottles where there's plastic pollution uh, everywhere. I hate plastic pollution. You hate plastic pollution. It is it is our common enemy here in Chiefs Kingdom uh, is plastic pollution and the bills. So when you're looking at this, they also donate 10% of their profits of every can sold to, to help end plastic pollution. So not only are you drinking good water, you're also giving a little bit to a good cause as well. And listen, I love liquid death. Can't keep it in the house no matter what kind it is. If it's the still water, if it's the sparkling water, or the three flavors that they have, the berry, the mango, the lime, all three are excellent. Trust me, I know my sparkling water. I know my seltzers. They're incredible. I do love those so very much. And if you're looking to get your hands on some, you can find it at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. You can also find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Now let's get back to the show. The Chiefs have their work cut out for them again this week as they take on. It's a Super Bowl rematch. There's going to be a lot of emotions going on in this one as they take on the 49ers. Um, you know, the Niners are coming off of a tough loss uh, against the Falcons, a game where they turned the ball over a bunch early, got behind early, kind of got out of their game. Um, but the Chiefs going on the road to San Francisco, you know, there's going to be a lot no love lost in that building after the way that Super Bowl played out. So I think this is a fascinating matchup. Uh, both teams looking to bounce back after some rough losses. What are you looking at when you look at this matchup? Well, when you normally look at the 49ers, you, it starts with their defense. I mean, they're forced to be reckoned with. They're one of the top defenses in the league every single year. But what's interesting about this game right now is the 49ers have been hit with this injury plague. And I, I don't know if they're even going to have enough guys to line up and suit up on Sunday, to be honest with you. They've got like 19 guys on the injury report. But it's just that not – 19 guys. These are impact players. You're talking about Nick Bosa. You're talking about Eric Armstead, Kinlaw, also the defensive lineman. The secondary, Tredavious Ward left that game last week, and you guys are in, in Kansas City Kingdom. You guys know about Tredavious Trader, Ward and how good he is. Well, he's one of their top corners this year, and he's proven that, but he left last week with a groin injury. And so they're, they're very banged up on the defense side of the ball, and you saw that last week against Atlanta. They got exposed with their run game. Atlanta ran the ball 40 times in that game for over 168 yards, and they just didn't have an answer for it, and a lot of it came down to personnel. So it will be interesting this week to see how the Kansas City Chiefs go out and attack this defense because when they're at full force, they're, they're outstanding in the front. They can get after the quarterback, but this week is a little bit different just based on the fact that the 49ers are so banged up. Yeah, absolutely. And on the offensive side of the ball, Trent Williams has been out. Obviously, as good a left tackle as, as I've ever seen in this league. Um, right. So that's going to play a huge factor. I think the, the biggest key in this game for the Chiefs, we saw the Falcons do it last week, is get out early and force Jimmy Garoppolo to have to sit back there and drop back 40 times and, and try to bring the team back. Not that he can't do it, but that's not how they want to play. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock, especially against an offense as explosive as the Chiefs. They want to try to dominate the time of possession and run it down your throats. And if you take their, take away their ability to do that early by jumping out to an early lead, I think it just it changes, it changes the game. It gets them out of their comfort zone, and it gives the Chiefs a huge advantage in this one. I 100% agree with you. The key to this game is going to be getting out to an early lead and not and not allowing them to stay balanced throughout the course of the game. And that's what happened last week. Like Jeff Wilson had, I think, only 
what did he have? He, uh, Jeff Wilson had seven carries, only 25 yards. And normally he, he's a bell cow for this team. They want to have that balance. But if you take that balance out of their hand, they've got to come from behind and throw the ball. That's exactly where you want to be for the Kansas City Chiefs in order to win this game. Yeah, and uh, it's that time again, Matt. I know you love it. We'll make our, uh, our predictions for the week. Uh, how do you see this game playing out in San Francisco? Yeah, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a good day offensively and bounce back. I believe that they're going to be 31, and San Francisco will get on the board because they've got explosive players with the Debo Samuels of the world and the Brandon Ayukes and George Kittle's back. He had his best outing there, but I just think that they're going to probably be around 17 points because the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to put them in a situation where they got to throw the ball consistently to come from behind, and I think that that defensive front for the Kansas City Chiefs, who've been playing really well all year, is going to get after old Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree with you, and you hit it on the head with these injuries. I think it's a huge factor. We're not seeing the Niners looking looking like themselves because of all of these injuries. I think the Chiefs take it. I think it's going to be around 34-21, uh, something in that range as well. Uh, I think it's just too much for them for them to overcome right now with what they have, and as good of a coach as Kyle Shanahan is and, and as, as great as he is at scheming things up you got to have your guys out there on the field to be successful. And uh, I just think right now with the state of the 49ers roster, it's going to be too tough for them to keep up with the chiefs. So uh, I think it'll be an interesting one. I think they'll keep it, they'll keep it close for a bit, but I think just in the end, the chiefs and the talent that they have on both sides of the ball, I think that's going to win out. Agreed. hundred percent. All right. Well, there you have it guys. For Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Breakdown. We'll be right back here next week on KC Sports Network to break it all down for you and look ahead as well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.